If you would take your Bible and turn to Acts chapter 17, verse 16. I'm just going to read that one verse today. If you would please stand with me as we read. Acts chapter 16 and verse 17. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. Let's pray. Father God, work in our hearts, teach us, shape us, mold us. Make us into the men and women and boys and girls of God that you want us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So here's the question today. What troubles you? What troubles you? We'd like to think that we go along rather untroubled, that things go smoothly, and that trouble, that being disturbed, that being upset is a rather rare event that only comes along every year or two. But the reality is, uh, for most of us, I would say, uh, we're troubled several times a day, maybe several times an hour. We get troubled about things. What is it that troubles you? Your health, your finances, your children, your parents, your spouse, your job, your neighbors, your neighbor's dog that won't shut up. What is it that troubles you? When I look at this single verse... God has something to say to my heart. Because all those things I mentioned, the normal things of life that we say are normal to be troubled about, it's what I get troubled about most of the time. But I look at Paul in Athens, and he was deeply troubled by all the idols that he saw. It wasn't because Paul didn't like statues or he thought the artwork wasn't good. It was what those idols represented. They represented the lost condition of that city. He looked around. He said, these people, they're blind. These people are wandering hopelessly. Because they are lost. Because they don't know that God most high that we just sang about. Here we have a man who was whipped, beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, lied about, spat upon, imprisoned, and run out of more cities than you can possibly imagine. But what troubled Paul? 
None of those things. What troubled him was a world that didn't know Jesus. I wish that's the way I was. God gets a hold of me every once in a while. <laughs> and he awakens me to how silly and how trivial some of the things that I worry about are, that I get troubled about. Because quite frankly, it's often not even on the level of health and family. <laughs> Most of the time, it's my convenience, my comfort, my routine, me, 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 myself, and the way I like things done. And when it doesn't go that way, I get troubled. And those around me <laughs> will say, steer clear. <laughs> He's in a mood. Something's going on with him. He's not happy right now. And I think we all get there. What troubles you? What troubles us reveals our hearts. It reveals the things that we are really concerned about, the things that we really care about. And so often we can sit here and we can pray and we can praise God and we can thank him for all the things he's done for us, all the blessings, his salvation and his goodness to us. And yet ignore the fact that all around us in this community, in this country, and in the world, there are people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They're like the people of Athens who are chasing after false gods. In some parts of our world, it's still a statue, an idol, a shrine. But for many others, that false god is a God of materialism or popularity or self-fulfillment or money or power or any other sort of God, any other sort of thing that they put in their life and they say, that's the one thing that will make me happy, that will truly fulfill me, and they chase that goal. And all those who chase those things will find a dead end. They will find emptiness and brokenness without Jesus Christ. And that troubled Paul. What troubles you? Where's your heart? You have to finish this sermon. Each and every one of you has to finish it. Because I can't fill in that blank for you. Only you can. And if you're like me, and you find the answer to that question to be deeply unsatisfying, then you need to go to the Lord about that. You need to ask him, God, give me a heart like your heart. A heart for the people. A heart for the nations a heart for the people right in the shadows of our churches who don't know Jesus. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, 
over and over in your word. You talk about a people whose lips proclaim your praise and yet their hearts are far from you. You talk about a people who bring their offerings, their sacrifices to worship. And yet, God, you desire mercy. Father, I pray that you would mold our hearts and shape our hearts, beginning with mine. That all of us would have a heart for people. Because however well they may be seeming to do on the outside, Father, without you, they do not have purpose. They do not have true meaning. When they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there is no one with them. There is no rod and staff to comfort them. There is no true hope to see them through. Father, I pray that you would make our hearts sensitive and open to your work in our lives, in our communities, in our workplaces, and wherever we go. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our song of commitment today is So Send I You, hymn number 732. Whatever God has put on your heart today, listen to him, do business with him, let him touch your heart, respond with trust and obedience. Would you stand please, 732, so send I you.